go to what God does. Is, we've, uh, God does this every once in a while in terms of uh, called a multi-empowerment series. So that we always, always have in front of us knowing that we can have victory over daily circumstances. And he ropes us in every once in a while so as an additional empowering, knowing that we are equipped to have victories in every area of, of our lives. Does that make sense? And so that being the case, today's um, message piece is victory in our daily roles and over daily circumstances. Victories over our daily roles and over circumstances. Because how many, how, how many of you understand we, we have roles that we all fit into, and in different roles, whether it's wife, mother, uh, you might be a, uh, an educator or, or a worker, or you may be a home or whatever, and then you have, uh, then you have employee, or you have, you know, I mean, we play so many different roles, and we're held accountable for each one. Does that make sense? So I'm held accountable to how I am as a father. Separate, but I'm also held accountable to how I am as a husband. Separate, but I'm also I'm held accountable as a pastor. These are all daily people. These are all things we all fall into, and we're, we're held accountable. So, and then you fell into that pot. There's some circumstances, some tribulations, some trials that the enemy will will throw in, all because of you know what was allowed in the earth. So we have to understand. We need to have victory in every circumstance. God did not design us to walk in defeat. So allow this message today to grab hold because we're going to be, we'll hit it in different ways in different months when God um, wants to uh, further illuminate it. And that is, we, we have to understand that we walk in victory. So whatever role you play, whether it's husband, whether it's wife, you know, whether it's worker, whether it's pastor, whatever it is, we can have victory in those roles. And then when circumstances arise, whether it's a you know, a challenge with your car or whatever it is that you got victory in. Does that make sense? What do we think? Amen. Okay, all right, there we go. All right, there we go. All right, all right, let's look at our foundation scripture. Ephesians 4, 11 through 14. Ephesians 4, 11 through 14. Ephesians 4, 11 through 14, New Living Translation. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So that's part. That's part of the role that I play. That that, 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 pastor, that, that God has for me. That He plays through me in terms of making sure that I'm doing my part in your development and my development as well. Does that make sense? I continue on. This was the reason. What's the reason for that? This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. So the reason, and we've talked about different ways before, the reason we assemble there's a number of reasons, but the main, one, the main reason is that we grow immature so that we hear what God has for us and that we go out and apply it. And we understood from, from one of the other series before, maturity is doing the word when you don't feel like it. Does that make sense? 
So from that perspective, we got to make sure that we, God has an expectation that we don't stay the same, that we grow and develop, right? You know, so, you know, my, when my daughter was crawling around, now you see her walking. Well, at some point in time, she developed in that area of from crawling to walking. Does that make sense? So that's just a natural example. We, but God wants us to grow and mature. So in the maturing, we get to a place where we understand that, you know what, even though I might be a husband, and even though there's some false statement out there that there's no guidebook on how to be a husband, yes it is. It's the Bible. The Bible is our instructions manual on how to be a husband. The Bible is the instructions manual on how to be a father. The Bible is the instructions manual on how to be a pastor. I mean, you do, but there are instructions manuals. And I know people say that, and it seems to take, it seems to take like a popularity piece, but that's not biblically accurate. Because that's as if we just throw away the Bible, as if God just said, yeah, <laughs> do it. <laughs> do it like this. No, 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 no. Between the written word and the Holy Spirit, praise the Lord, we got all we need. All right. So, but also as it relates to circumstance, we gotta understand part of maturing is to say, you know, I, I grow to the point where I understand that just because things happen in life, A, doesn't mean they have to happen to me, and then B, if they do happen to me or around me, that I can win. They don't have to take me down where you get to a mental state. You know, and I'm, I'm sensitive to a lot of people when it goes when it comes to people uh, experiencing like depression or those pieces, and we gotta be you know be in prayer about that and stand agreement with people and show love, but also do our part in getting into the point where, as believers, we should never get to the point where we are depressed. Because if nothing, if this on a bare level, God woke you up this morning. And I know the enemy is going to try to throw all kind of darts and circumstances and make it seem like it's unbearable. But if we just get to the point where we just say, you know what, God woke me up. That means he woke me up for a reason today. And let him guide my steps like the word says. He'll navigate me through these different circumstances. Because the circumstances are real. We get that. Well, how do, how do we get past those? So as believers, we should get to the point where we are never, ever depressed because we have a God that loves us. But then he's also given us a manual about how to get through the circumstances. Because the enemy is that's throwing darts and all kinds of stuff to try to get into our head. That's why we got to apply what we've been learning. We learned the series on thoughts. We're going to talk about it today. That's his main mode of operating, he being the enemy. He throws those fiery darts. So if we, if we can just get to a point where we just settle, that that's how he operates, then also be settled to say, I have a plan of action that will work every single time. This way depression never comes. This way when challenges come, I, oh, cool. Does that make sense? I'm good. But that takes us growing to a place of maturing to say, and we never fully mature. Right? We're always growing until, until Jesus comes. Amen? We never fully arrive. But it's also learning along the way, say, all right, okay, this is something I'm never dealing with this again. Like, I'm never letting my mind get attacked without me attacking back. Does that make sense? Amen, amen. All right, all right.
So that was foundation scripture. Let's look at God's objective for this, for this particular multi, what we call it, the multi-equipping series. Um, to get us to a place where we understand how to get results from the Bible for everyday life. How do we do that? How do we get results from the Bible for everyday life? And then also, with your, uh-oh, here we go. So with your relationship with God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, and us learning and applying the written word, oh, here we go. You have all you need to have victory in every single circumstance. I don't care if it's finance, I don't care if it's health, I don't care if it's car I don't care what it is. When you have God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, and you have the written word and you choose to apply it, we have zero excuse to let anything get us down. Now, we're in this world, so we understand things, challenges happen. But the thing is, how, how do we look at that, and do we let that take us down? No, 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 we got to walk in victory. Now, for our lives, but guess what? Your children and your grandchildren, or the co-worker is looking. Because it we, we might be the only Bible they see, or as we are being used to help develop them, they are going to be applying that for looking to see how we get through things. Does that make sense? So if, if, if your grandchildren are seeing a, a situation come up out of nowhere, <coughs> let's just use the, the vehicle thing, and they see you just like in such despair, but they also see you praising the Lord on a Sunday and not making that connection, well, well if you praising the Lord, but then I'm seeing the despair when circumstances happen, we, and it's a pattern. I, anybody can get off, because I get it. But we see in a pattern, now they're beginning to question, like, is this not real? So we have, to, we have to understand not only for the impact on our lives, but also the impact of someone else's watch. Amen? All right, now. So, godly reason. Godly reason to learn and embrace this additional monthly equipping series. Because all, all the series God does is for us to uh, equip and grow. This is another one. References, zoom in. Let's look at 2 Timothy 3, 16-17, New Living Translation. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God, here we go, God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. That's what that instruction manual is for. So we have to understand, we, so this says we have no more excuse, not as, not as Christians. Okay, all right, moving on. So we have to do it by faith. Let's, let's reference, zooming in, let's reference uh, James 1, 2, 2, 4, New Living Translation. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity of, for great joy. But that toe is hurting. Your toe is literally hurting because you stumped it. How am I supposed to look at that with great joy? So one of the things we do is we say, how does the word of God apply to this situation right now? Well, I've learned through a series about the ABCs of faith and applying my faith. 
part of it I've also learned is that, you know, God doesn't want us to walk around healed in pain. I mean, healed Jesus in pain and with sickness. So that being the case, if I apply those two things in the moment, and I've heard God also say that we got to focus on blessed things. If I apply those three things, even though that toe is, as I'm thinking, just throbbing, now I'm applying those things and I can focus on something else. The toe may still be throbbing, but you still may have a work assignment to do. Right. Does that make sense? So we got to make sure that's the key. So we're not letting that thing get us down. Alright? For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. But when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect. When we're talking about perfect, I'm talking about doing everything right. God's not talking about doing everything right. I'm about being mature. Uh, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so when he's talking about needing nothing, we still need God. But he's talking about in terms of needing something else other than God. No, no, no. We, we, got, we got what we need. Everybody say, we have yeah. what we need. What we praise need. God. Praise God. Victory in every day in life. Every circumstance. Amen? More understanding? Let's look at John 16, 32-33 in the King James Version. Indeed, the hour is coming. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. just preparing them for when he's going to be crucified and going to be with the Father and come back. Uh, indeed, the hour is coming. Yes, has now come that you will be scattered each to his own, and will leave me alone. And yet, I am not alone because the Father is with me. And we can say that. If Jesus can say that, we can say that. Why? Because we're joining in with Jesus. So we got to understand, Jesus was about to deal with a circumstance. And we understand that circumstances, you know, you're not walking around a day getting crucified. So I think, you know, if he can say that, that he's about to go through something more than what we have ever gone through. We can understand God has him and he has us. You know, there's a scripture that says, uh, He who did not spare his own son, but deliver him up for us all, how shall he not give him free to give us all things? I say, look, if I give you Jesus, how in the world will I withhold taking pain from your already healed son? Amen. Yeah. All right. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Amen. So we have to understand that with Jesus we have some victory. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. We got some. We have victory. Amen. All right. Some more understanding. 1 John 5, 4-5, New Living Translation. Let's zoom on. And, uh, for every child of God defeats this evil world. Whoa! So, who qualifies for this? Okay. I know that our interactive series, but we're going to do some interactive. Every child. So, every child of God. So, who, who's qualified to be every child of God? Those of us who are saved. Okay. Okay. All right. So, let's answer the question. All, only those who fit that description are only those who receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Does that make sense? Because other scriptures talk about the fact that you have to, to be called a child of God, you have to have chosen to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Now, everyone, God is uh, the, creation, the creator of everyone. We are all God's creation. 
And we unfortunately are not all children of God. Children, right. Because um, people have to make that decision. Does that make sense? Um, so that being the case, those that have chosen to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, those are the ones, that's us, defeats this evil world. Because if a, if a person hasn't yet chosen to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they are merged temporarily within the world. The Bible says you are the father of the devil. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you're talking to somebody. Does that make sense? So that means they were talking to people who hadn't yet chosen to make that decision to have Jesus as their Lord. So we have to understand that. So as Christians, we defeat this evil world. And we achieve this victory through how our faith. Because we understand without faith it's impossible to please God. We've we got to believe in what we don't see so we can see what we want to see. <laughs> All right. All right. And, All right. and, and you, I'm um, sorry, and who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Which kind of answers that question. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those. That, when, they, when you see that inscription, that means there's got to be other people who don't fit into the only those. Mm. Does that make sense? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. All right, that kind of answers the other question we did about the child of God piece. This is one example. So we have to make sure that so if we fit that description already, then we have the opportunity to defeat this world. This world system operates all around us. Amen? Alright, some more understanding. We're just getting some understanding here to, to show us, to be firmed up the fact that we can have victory in every, in every role, in every daily circumstance. Alright? More understanding. First Corinthians 10 and 13, New Living Translation. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. That's good news. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes, you know, the enemy will throw stuff at us, we can go through things, but it's health or something, some other kind of challenge. And his goal, one of his goals is to kind of isolate us, isolate us in the thinking, thinking that it's all about, thinking that I'm the only one going through this. I'm the, you know, like, what was me almost? But this scripture is helpful in so many ways because it says, you know what? Someone else has gone through this or is going through this. And so if they can go through this and have victory, I can too. Now, that's not from the standpoint of someone else is going through this like crab in a barrel. Like, we just want to drag them down. Like, oh, well, this is all. Now, now, let's put us. It's to encourage you to say, look, don't allow the enemy to focus that you're the only one going through. Of all the, I don't know, millions, billions, I don't know how many people in the world, <laughs> to say someone else is going through this. Amen. Amen. And God is faithful. Thank all you, right? Father. He will not allow temptation to be more than you can stand. Cool. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. But we have to choose to believe that. Because we can choose to not. We have to choose to believe that. Amen? Alright, so, now, even though the types of circumstances may vary, the triumphant victory principle um, and end result is still the same. So even though the circumstances may vary, you know, the, the challenges, the trials, Bible says it's going to rain on unjust and the unjust, even though they vary, the principles and the end results are still the same. So if, if person A is going through something and person B is going through something, and even though those circumstances may be different or they could be the same, if they both apply, they can both get the victory. Does that make sense? 
the same type of biblical principles. Because the Bible's not going to change. It's not going to go up and down based on our different situations. It says, no, here's the word. Here's the principles you need to apply. Mix it with faith, and you're going to have the victory. Amen? Let's look at 2 Corinthians 2, 13 through 14. New King James Version. I had no rest in my spirit because I did not find Titus, my brother. This is Paul speaking about one of his mentees. But taking my leave of them, I departed from Macedonia. Now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Now, we just see he had to shore himself back up because he had a circumstance. Because that was, you know, that was like his mentee. So he was, he was going through a circumstance. And you may say that's, that's kind of minor. Well, no, for him, that was major that he couldn't find. But then, but then he applied the principle of reminding himself, like, whoa, 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 whoa. Now, thanks be to God who always loves me trying. Amen. So we have, to, we have to do that because why? That means that was a, a thought that was the enemy presented to him to be concerned with regards to Titus. That's just one minor, I should say minor, that's one example that we can say, all right, we can, we can apply some things. All right? Now, let's get to it. Let's get to it. So what are the steps? What are the steps for walking in victory, walking in victory in our roles and over daily circumstances? What are the steps? All right, so seven steps. Seven steps to get results from the Bible to change our circumstances. Seven steps. Seven steps. We get results from the Bible to change our circumstances. All right? First, we understand we have to pray. We have to pray. We have to believe in faith. All right? Go back to the series on faith in God for biblically guaranteed results. You understand all those pieces, including the ABCs of faith, and also what to do after you pray. You want to get that because you want to pray and be in faith about this. All right? And then through prayers of faith, one of the things we did then are plans of action, all right? So if you pray and be in faith, God, one of the things we learn is what to do after you pray, you understood that. One thing God's going to give us, if there happens to be a wait time between the times you pray and the times you receive, one of the things he's going to give us is a plan of action, all right? So the plan of action is number two, self-label and identify the current situation. So first stuff you want to do is you want to pray and be in faith. Second, as you're doing that, and he gives you a plan of action, next you want to self-label and identify the current situation. What does that mean? So whatever the issue is, whether it's uh, you've got challenges with anger, or it could be a money situation, uh, you, you, you see this here, uh, depression, jealousy, some pain in your body, uh, sorrow, health, disease, lust, worry, um, death of someone close, all these various circumstances, obviously not all of them, but you got to identify what that is. Okay, what is, what is that? Okay, so for example, if it's anger, call it anger. So that's step two, all right. All right, you got issues with anger. All right, that's step two, all right? Step three is now what we want to do is, because we're talking about how to do this, how to practically do this. Step three is now that you self-identify what the issue is, let's just deal with anger for a second, now you want to go to the back of the physical Bible. Go back to the, go back to the Bible. Go back to the Bible. Well, hopefully we'll have to go back to the Bible that's already in you, always working with you daily. But go in the back of the Bible, and either in the concordance or the dictionary, and look up the word anger. When I say anger, we're talking about whatever circumstance it is. Go to my step-by-step process. Look it up. And now what you want to do is get the various scriptures that deal with anger, all right? Now, if you happen not to see the word anger, and the Bible you will, but whatever the circumstance is, the way we label it, if we happen not to see in the back of the Bible the way we may label it, let the Holy Spirit give you some other words that are similar or related to it. Because because we may label it one way, someone else may, you know, the Bible may label it the same type of circumstance a different way. Okay? That's step three. Step three. All right? 
Now, we understand in today's time we have a lot of digital versions of the Bible. We got apps, we got online, we got, I recommend BibleGateway.com kind of thing. Yeah, after even, even, and after you can even look on Google these days and look up scripture for kind of thing. Alright? But the point is, look in the physical Bible and or even the digital Bible and look up various scriptures that deal with whatever the circumstance is. An example that we're rolling through, we're talking about anchor. Amen? Alright, now, you want to write down or copy and paste those scriptures somewhere. So let's just say you get a number of scriptures dealing with the circumstance. Let's say it's anger. You're going to write them down somewhere, right? Whatever the issue is to do with current circumstances. Clock, we can talk about how, how do we want to get victory over these daily things, okay? Now, step four, step four. Step four says now that you have the scriptures listed somewhere, all right, now we need to review them. Now we need to review and those scriptures listed under that current circumstance. We're talking about step-by-step -step stuff. Like, how, okay, we talked about, we've seen, we've seen enough scriptures that we can have victory over daily circumstances. How to. God has revealed to us how to do it. Now if you have those scriptures, now you want to start to review them. Start to review them. Because what we learned before is, the Bible says, I beseech you there, in Romans 12, 1 through 2, I beseech you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable God, which is your reasonable service. Here we go. And do not be conformed to this world. It's about this world system, the way this world operates. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So when you're doing step four here, what you're saying is, right now I'm having issues with anger. But you fill in the blanks. It can be lust. It can be whatever. Right now I'm having issues with anger. All right? Now the Bible says I have to renew my mind, the way I think about things. So I have to say, okay, if the Bible says be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, then when circumstances arise that could legitimately present themselves that could get me angry, I have to have some type of something that I don't react to that. Because I gotta renew my mind. Because I can't be like I was back before I got saved, that when a circumstance presented itself, you know, I'm ready to get my I mean, I'm ready to get my score on. I can't do that no more. So I gotta renew my mind. Remember, when we, when we talked about this before, when we got saved, we got a new regenerated spirit, but our soul and our body didn't get saved. So, and it's, our mind is part of our soul, right? So we got to review those scriptures. I don't care what it is. Don't take it for granted. Look, don't take whatever the issue is for granted. If you, if you haven't matured in that area yet, don't take it for granted, because it could be an open door to enemies trying to use, okay? Alright? Especially the ones that you, that will slap you. You want those scriptures to tell you how evil it is that God don't like that thing. I have saying it shrink from sexual immorality. Yeah, you, like you, you want, you want them ones that's just like, oh, like the minute you start reading it, you just like, whoo, got it. Like there's, there's no gray line. Like wait, did he mean? No. Does that make sense? Why? Because your goal is to, to not experience that area anymore. Does that make sense? But we got to renew our mind. We got to, Bible says, let the same mind be in you which is also in Christ Jesus. So we got to say, how does Jesus look at this? And I got to look at it the same way Jesus does. I mean, we talking about Jesus who, I mean, he's about to get ripped to shreds. He's just looking like, for the joy, he endured the cross. So he was thinking beyond that moment saying, 
there's some victory on the other side, and so I'm going to just, they were like, what you got to do? You know what I mean? Don't hate. All right? Now, number five, you got to choose to believe those, those scriptures. Because you can look at scriptures and read them as if it's Romeo and Juliet. No, 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 no. You got to choose to believe those. The Bible, we, we read that other scripture. The written word is inspired by God. So we have to choose to believe those scriptures. No more do we look at scriptures with glassy eyes like and let them gloss over you. I say no. I'm choosing to believe that this is God speaking to me in a written form. I have to choose to believe that. Because again, you can choose not to. We have to choose to believe it. Alright? Now, that's stuff. These are all just practical step-by-step -step pieces about how to what? Have victory over in all our role over daily circumstances. Okay? So we won't have any excuse after this. Alright? Number six, get at least one to three of those scriptures. Now, you, you may have researched and found like 25 of them. Praise the Lord. Initially, start with just one to three. Now, if you can get more down in you, praise the Lord. But this says that get at least one to three of them in your heart. How do you get scriptures in your heart? Well, let's talk about the why. The why you want to get it in your heart is because the enemy doesn't play fair. He will present opportunities for whatever that circumstance is. Still deal with the anger example. He'll, he will present opportunities for that to arise when you are not planning on it. You could be in the shower, you're just lathering up. Ah, all of a sudden, boom! All of a sudden, you know the the the, uh, the curtain rod isn't closed. You're like, what? How is it? What? You mean start then you start getting, think, think about the people in your household. Why did they close this curtain? It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for anger. All you're doing is trying to lather up. No, 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 no. You got it's out. But the enemy doesn't play fair. So this is why we got to have things in our heart. I, I said, you know, if I ask Benaiah right now, I can ask Benaiah at 2 3 in the morning time, what's your name? He's, he's sleep, groggy. I wake him up, hey, yo, dude, what's your name? He's going to say Benaiah. Because it's in his heart. He's, he, he's, he's heard it and he's chosen to believe it. All right. So that's what we got to do with these one to three scriptures. You got to get them down in your heart. That's the reason why. The how-to is the way to get scriptures into your heart is A, you have to choose to believe it, because you can choose not to. And then B, you repeat it, repetition. You have to walk around just saying that scripture, just one to three, one to three of them. You got to choose to believe them, and then just walk around during the day. Choose not. You know what for you shall prosper. You know what for you shall prosper. And that can be your every word all day, but I'm just saying throughout the day. Just say it to yourself. Because what you're doing, you're watering that seed. You're getting it down to your heart so it can take deep root. So that when that opportunity for anger, when you, you left the shower, now you're at work, you're just doing your thing or whatever, and you know, all of a sudden an opportunity comes up with your employees, you've already been saying, nobody before you get shot prosper, nobody before you get shot prosper. Because you deal with the anger part. Nobody before you get shot prosper. Boom. It's already in your heart. Does that make sense? Because the opportunity is going to present itself. Alright? Now, is that being the case? Now, here's the piece. Step seven is now you need to do the scripture. We have to get to the point where we do all six of those prior steps, and now we got to do the seventh step, which is now do it. Does that make sense? So, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, says, I'm going to do exactly that. I'm going to keep my mouth closed, <laughs> and I am going to just let the Holy Spirit speak to me. All right? Keep my mouth turned in terms of reacting. Does that make sense? But you can speak to yourself. Please listen to so this.
Because that employee just legitimately did something to you. You know what I mean? And you like, oh. And you'll be, be virtual, so, you know, you the computer and all. It's an opportunity. Now's the opportunity for you to apply what you've been doing. All right? The how-to. How do we do that? All right, so, A, when that negative thought comes in regards to still dealing with the anger, stick on the anger. That negative thought comes, you're dealing with that, that, that email you just saw from your colleague or whatever. And when that thought comes, you, we have to do exactly, I say this to my kids often, over the years. Jesus gave us such a long-standing process about what to do when thoughts when he was entering the wilderness, he had been fasting for those 40 days, and the devil presented himself. He outlined the process for us about this peace. And it's a it, we, this is why we have to be subtle that the way the enemy comes is through thoughts. And we can't control, on some level, the thoughts trying to enter, but we can control to not... To, we do have the ability to cast them out, so that they don't, so they explode on it, so they explode the other way on impact. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. We have to get rid of it. But that's what Jesus did. When the devil presented himself in the wilderness, that wasn't a guy with a red tail and pitchfork. That was the enemy throwing thoughts mm -hmm. at Jesus. That being the case, Jesus gave us the mode of operandum. He gave us the playbook. Okay. This is what you do when the thoughts, the way the enemy comes in life. I don't care what the circumstance is. Jesus said, do what I did. So we have to get to the point to embrace that and say, I don't want to do anything different than what Jesus did. It works for him. He was the son of man during his time. It can work for me. So when Jesus said, when that thought comes, we need to replace that thought with the one to two to three scriptures that we just learned. How do we do that? By saying it. That's exactly what we're doing. You can reference these scriptures, Romans 12, 1 through 2, James 1, 7, Ephesians 6, and 6, 16. The enemy comes with those fiery darts, but we gotta do exactly what Jesus did. And you can reference Matthew 4, 1 through 11, and Luke 4, 1 through 13. That's exactly what Jesus did. So we're talking about how to do it. A, so replace the thought with the scripture by saying and keep saying. Why is that? Because you may have to say that scripture more than one time in that moment. At 2.03, you keep saying, quit to listen, so it's me, so it's me, I'm there. Quit to listen, so it's me, so it's me. How many, how, how many times you say it? You keep saying it. Because the Bible says, if we submit to God, meaning we, we, we do the way he wants us to do, resist the devil by speaking and doing things God tells us to do, the devil will flee. That's a biblical promise. So how do we get to the devil fleeing? Well, we got to do the first two parts. <laughs> submit to God, resist the devil. That's how we're doing it. Because if not, then the devil won't flee. Now, eventually he will, but he's, this is how people go down the road of getting too depressed. Because when that devil came, they didn't do those first two parts, and now he just stays in their mind. Because now he thinks he has an end. But if we do those first two parts, the Bible guarantees he flees. Because that's exactly what he did with Jesus. He came to Jesus, Jesus said, it is written. Jesus didn't get the whole long sermon, long story. He just said it is written. He just reversed the word. Devil came again. Jesus said it is written. Boom, boom. Said the word. Came a third time. 
So if he came three times with Jesus, no, he may, he may try to stay there along with us. But Jesus didn't change his process. He just kept saying the word. And then eventually, the devil flees. In one verse, one translation of the verse said he came back. Because we got a devil. No, uh, there is a devil. I say we. There is a devil. So we got to say, guess what? He may come back again. Maybe an hour later, maybe two weeks later, whatever. Don't change the process. That's right. I changed the process. It worked the first time. It keep doing it. Just like when you're in a shower, oh, I got this. Nobody before gets me to prosper. Oh, I'm doing step four, five minutes ago. Nobody before gets to prosper. Now what you're doing, you just vote on something else. That's right. Don't change. But we, you got to go back to the thought series. Look, that's the way the enemy comes. So I don't care if you believe in God for something. When that thought comes, if it's not lined up with the word of God, you do these steps. Do what Jesus did. Amen. Amen. All right, that's, that's the first part of how, how to do it. That's A. Let's look at some proof text here. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 6. New King James Version. Let's zoom in. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. I mean, I'm all stuff in the natural. But mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. What are strongholds? Strongholds are mental pieces that is like a, like a castle that have been built up over time. When thoughts arose, and we didn't do something with them, and especially if we may have acted on them at some point in time, over time they build like a brick tall wall, mentally. And the more we don't do something with it, the stronger it gets. Now, that doesn't, and it's a stronghold, it's, a, it's something that, that is exactly what it says. It says there's a stronghold in this area. Either I seem like I can't get out of this. You ever be trying to go through something, you know, and you know it's sin. You're like, I try, I'm trying to stop doing this. I'm trying to stop doing it. That's probably because a stronghold has been built in that area. But guess what? These ain't going to leave it there. We can, get, we can get past that. And that may take a little bit more time because you got to, you know, you got to get those bricks out of you because try, it tried to build some root up in you. But you do the same process and over time it will go. That's one end. But on the proactive end, it's to not allow the stronghold to come in the first place. Which is when those thoughts come, you understand this process, and don't let those strongholds build up over time. But if you do have a stronghold, oh, this victory for you, you just keep doing this process because you're renewing the mind. Does that make sense? And so, yeah, look, look, we may be further along in some areas of our walk with Christ than we are in other areas. That's from the pulpit to the back door. So what I'm saying is, but we don't change the process. We keep doing it. God's going to get the victory. Does that make sense? All right. So the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Uh-oh. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience our obedience is fulfilled. That means, y'all ready for this? Until you go to be with the Lord, you are to stand guard over every thought that comes in. Yes, you get 10 billion if not more thoughts every day. So don't imagine yourself going physically after every thought. You just imagine yourself standing guard, knowing the one or two scriptures that you need to know in this area, and saying, I'm just going to stand guard. You don't have to go after, you just stand there. So when the thoughts come, you just do the process. But you are to stand guard over every single thought that comes in. Because, and guess what? 
to make it a little tricky that the enemy tries to do, the Bible says he presents himself as an angel of light. So if you work on if you work on a health issue, and let's just say the Lord's giving you a plan of action to not eat fried food. Take that. Well, you know the opportunity is going to come for, especially if you go into a barbecue or something like that. You know the opportunity is going to come. You got to say, no, 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 no to, no to the fried food. Well, you got to understand that God is there to help us. So, we got to already have the opportunity to say, now fried food, let's just say fried chicken or fried fish or something like that. It tastes good. I mean, so the enemy's presenting himself as an angel of light, angel of spirit, presenting himself as an angel of light. Because you know, a piece of fried fish isn't like going down and killing somebody at the wildlife. Because it seems delectable. But you know, the Holy Spirit said, let's minimize or eliminate those from the meal plan. So, and you will present. He can't force us to do anything, he just presents stuff. But it's us that need to say no. So that being the case, we have to make sure we are standing guard over every thought. So don't make it seem like it's tiring, because it, you, you can get the impression that you're going after every thought. No, you just stand guard. You just stand guard. You've already equipped. You already got your weapon. So whenever that thought comes, boom, just do it. And if you have to keep saying that scripture, you just keep saying that scripture. I'll give it to take two seconds or ten minutes. Guess what? Because you know the other end says he's guaranteed to flee. Instead of the action that our flesh wants us to do. 
Because the flesh is the flesh is gonna say, I'm with that fish. You know what I mean? I want to just call it. Just call it me, but I ain't calling. Does that make sense? All right? And then D, guess what? Just keep repeating A through C. Just keep going. No, no new scientific formula. We just keep, keep doing the same exact process. Just keep doing it. But this, what we'll be able to recognize, this is going to be a lifestyle. Once we're settled with the fact that the enemy tries to do this as a daily lifestyle, we have to know this is our lifestyle. And when you continue to grow and mature in this, you'll walk in the victories God has for you to walk in because you know he's trying to come through thoughts. Amen? We can do this. I mean, y'all want to have victory over your daily lifestyle. Every circumstance. When you apply the things God has been saying, we won't have to walk around concerned with things. Now, don't get me wrong, I understand situations happen and they can be challenging. I'm not saying that. But it's how we deal with that. Do we stay there mentally? No, we gotta say no 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 no. We we gonna we gonna do these seven steps. This is gonna be and this is until Jesus comes. So em embrace it. You wanna walk in victory? You want nothing to get with you. Cause we understand we're in this world, things are gonna try to happen. But if you want to walk in victory until Jesus comes you do these seven steps. That's it. That's it. Y'all hear me out there in the screen? There you go. That's it. So, because we, we saw the scriptures that God wants us, thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph. Why would he lie? Why would Jesus outline a process that he went through and got victory that we would do anything different? Enemy's gonna try the same stuff. We don't walk in victory, and we apply all the other all the other principles and processes of all the other things that God's been teaching us in every area of our lives. Man, look, then your lifestyle is gonna help attract someone to Christ, and then they're gonna be able to walk in victory. Because you don't want your cousin in them, and that's it, cousin in them, <laughs> or, your, or your coworkers, or your friends, or even the person you just met. You, you want people. We want to do all we can to occupy until he comes, to do what we can to advance his kingdom until Jesus comes back. Does that make sense? Why? Because the world is full of the world system. But we just do what we can, like our, like our impact one. Just try one person at a time. You may put somebody on, on your heart that's already saved, but they may be going through a challenge. The Bible says, iron sharpens iron, so we got to help each other. So you may have a cousin that's already saved in, in you know, Idaho or whatever. And so, all right, you, you heard about that. You pray and be in agreement with them. But send them, send them some nuggets. Send them some things that, that will help them grow and develop. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. All right, cool. Let's get some, let's get some victory. Let's give God glory. Amen. Amen. Amen.